Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,892. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Lachine, Quebec, with a very special guest by the name of Amit Aluwalia. Amit, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. Always ready to go. Now, I understand you just came off of a little bit of a fun, a three-day Champ Car Endurance race at Calabogie. Is that right? Yes, I did. It was uh, it was an awesome event. Uh, my buddies and I were were been tracking and racing uh, for for the last twenty years. Uh, we've been racing in Champ Car since uh, two thousand thirteen, which used to be Chump Car. Uh, <laughs> Chump Car is a uh, Champ Champ Car is a uh, is a uh, alternate to the lemons twenty lemons races we have you have in the states. Uh huh. Yep. So yeah, so we ha- we run the same kind of series here in in Canada, and it's just, it's the same one that's in the U.S. as well. We ran a three-day event. The Friday was a testing. We run a an E36 uh, BMW E36 325i, completely stock. It's actually my old winter car that I was using in in Montreal. So I driven it for two years, and and uh, I said, you know what? If we're gonna do it, if we're gonna build this car out, you got to do it now before the little the red stuff gets to it. Yes, the tin worms. Yeah, exactly. So the the year before last week. Brought it in, started stripping it, and uh, uh, myself and my three other buddies built it out. It was a Saturday, Sunday, um, an eight-hour uh, enduro on Saturday and a seven-hour enduro on Sunday. And unfortunately, one of our one of our drivers was at a wedding, so we were just three drivers instead of their usual four. So less drivers, less pit crew, more attention to detail. This was the first co- time the car had it's an in, it was its inaugural race. And uh, we actually killed it. We came in um, uh, second in class on the Saturday and like fourth overall. And they have different classes. There's A, B, and C. We run in a C class. There's also an EC, which is the uh, what they call exemption class. And those guys don't count. They can just drive, bring any kind of car they want. And then on Sunday, we won first in class and basically third overall, but pretty much first. We were down 50 seconds going into the last hour on the lead car and made up the gap and passed them on the second to last lap for the win after seven hours. <laughs> there you go. We were just ecstatic. You know, we couldn't, number one, we couldn't believe that we, the car finished, you know, and number two, we were just three drivers exhausted and uh, it was an awesome, awesome event. And then of course, and you know, true track nut kind of style, we packed up and went to Trombola and instructed for the BMW club on Monday and Tuesday. So it's been a it's been a crazy crazy weekend. Yes. Yeah, sounds like you're having fun. Well, let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to dive into this new company that you and your your two co-founders have created. One of which I had on the show a couple of weeks ago. Amit Aluwalia is co-founder and the chief technology officer at Shiftgate, a modern approach 
to classic car online auctions that launched back in July, July 21st, actually, of 2021. Shiftgate was built for every car collector, enthusiast, and dreamer. Uh, Amit was born in London, England. He grew up in Indiana and has always been passionate about cars and computers. Uh, cars, as you can tell from our, our opening talk there. Captivated by the motor speedway, he attended the Indy 500 religiously. And the magical combination of aerodynamics, mathematics, and pageantry has made him what he is today. These days, it's all about driving at the limit, as we heard at the track, and these are events that are a priority for him. Whether he is instructing for one of the local clubs or racing in enduro events, high-speed quartering is his bliss. Uh, And mostly, he loves to wrench, too, in the garage with his six-year-old son and his dog by his side. We'll be back in just a minute to learn a lot more about Shiftgate and Amit, but first, a word from our sponsor, so give him a little love, and we will be right back. Keep the seatbelts on. One of your vehicle's interior surfaces that gets a lot of abuse is your dashboard. The sun beats down and those damaging UV rays cause massive heat cycles, resulting in color changes and sometimes cracks. My friends at Covercraft have a great solution for you and for me. Their custom-tailored dash mats protect your dash from heat buildup while providing a stylus solution. You can choose from a variety of styles and colors, including carpet, suede mat, that's the one I have for my vehicles, Carhartt limited edition velour mats, and the Ultimat for trucks and SUVs. Another great benefit of your Covercraft dash mat is that it eliminates the harsh glare the sun produces from your dash to the inside of your windshield, which can make driving a hazard. Covercraft's dash mat design center is located in Arizona, where they know about harsh sun. I've got a special deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. All right, Amit, let's talk a little bit more about, start with a little bit about your background and then we'll dive into Shiftgate and what this means to you. Uh, we had your cohort on the show a couple of weeks ago, as I said, uh, but it's like it's nice to hear the technological side of the business because that's really where you dive deep. So kind of go back through your history a little bit with us though, okay? 
Yeah, sure. Um, I'm uh, as you can, as you mentioned, I'm an Indiana boy, and I went to University of Indiana, Indiana University, where I started off as a biology major, and quickly realized that I don't like blood, and I'm not very good at taking care of people in in the health aspect of things, and so. Uh, I had to, I convinced my parents that it's not for me and uh, my roommates were working on computer science. I switched into the uh, computer science, science realm and this was in the, in the, in the late 90s. Uh, from there, I, I graduated with, uh, with, a, with a biology minor, uh, computer science and, and an art degree. I started working corporate for a couple of years and uh, I realized that this is completely not for me and I was just looking for the next thing. I left uh, Indiana and came up to Montreal where I met a girl and followed her up here. I started working at at her father's business in clothing. And so this was a completely left-wing turn. Yeah, I went from coding to designing clothes. I picked up my, uh, it was my art side of things. They had a chain of clothing stores uh, across uh, Quebec. And uh, I started handling all the design work and the production overseas. At the same time, I was pretty creative. So we had to do some marketing the store. So I said, oh, you know what, let's, I can figure out Photoshop and Illustrator, started doing posters, doing ad stuff. And this went on for a good like four or five years of just kind of in this whole clothing industry. And then I realized, you know what, I... It's a lot to handle the whole where the, the the clothing industry was going, and I realized it wasn't for me. There was a lot of variables that I couldn't control, as a relying on importing and and shipping and all these kind of things. And I started to just freelance uh, creatively, building websites, doing branding, marketing. Uh, I'm I'm a photographer, so I did a lot of photo photo shoot work. And uh, for the next almost 16, 17 years, it was, uh, it was client services of, uh, of building brands and uh, some big, some small, but in every aspect of things. And I think my success in this aspect was, you know, uh, coming from an American side and having, you know, like education there and working in corporate, um, I brought a little bit of a different kind of attitude towards to my clients here and, and being more strategic as well, uh, strategic and creative. And uh, that was working for me really well. And then Shiftgate is uh, Shiftgate is an automotive uh, uh, classic and collector car auction site that I came about in uh, the fall of 2018. Me being a, a car nut, as we as you mentioned, uh, I lived on on bring a trailer. You know, every day looking at what was there, I, I learned so much about cars that I didn't even know about, and I said, "Oh, this is just." And such a great, you know, place to be and, and, and hang out. And I start thinking, I'm like, you know what? I wonder if, what could I do? What is, could this be better? And it was a Friday night and I was sitting on my bed and, and my wife was out with her girlfriends and I just started designing mock-ups of how I would want to engage in it as an enthusiast, as a, as a car person. Mm-hmm. What would I want to see? How would I want to look at the photos? How would I want to look at the information? And it was just kind of like a case study, you know, independent on my own, not really showing it to anybody. And and uh, and then I kept on going and, and developed it a little bit more, showed some friends and like, you know what, this is really nice on it. So, okay. And uh, fast forward, I, I started getting my guys to start developing, developing it. We started working on the code and, uh, Fast forward now to uh, the beginning of uh, 2020, uh, right before COVID, I uh, went to Toronto and uh, met up with one of my mentors, uh, Shell, who's now my business partner. And I was at a point where I had this kind of built, but I didn't know what to do with it. 
I showed it to him and he looked at it and we spent the whole two days just dissecting it, looking at what I'd done, looking at uh, what everybody else has done. I said, you know what, I, I'm got to a point, but I need help. I, I, I'm not sure how to take it to the next level. So uh, my story is just, is just I've done a, a lots of different things from I've had a restaurant at one point. I was a, a DJ in the past and I've kind of just a little bit entrepreneurial and just always like to try things. And, uh, but this, this shift gate is something that has really melted was something that I've really been passionate about because it melted my, the car side of things with a business challenge. And now it's being my own, own business and something I can do for myself and put all my full brain power and full executional strategies into something that's my own. So uh, this is this is where I've been. You're a like left brain and right brain kind of guy. You know, I think about you being the the chief technology officer here at Shiftgate. Yet your background is more marketing and advertising and creative. Uh, you're kind of a well-rounded guy. And let me ask you this, because Neil, your uh, one of your co-founders there, uh, was on the show as I said a couple weeks ago, and we talked about Shiftgate from his perspective. In your perspective, when you you mentioned things like bring a trailer. In fact, I had. Randy Nonnenberg, one of the founders of Bring a Trailer on the show. In fact, the time first time he was on my show, he announced they were going to start doing auctions because they weren't doing that at that point. They were just showing people what was out there. If you remember the old days of Bring a Trailer. And of course, we all know where that's oh, yeah. gone. You I know, was he's, there. Yeah, he's built that business up and sold it and uh, still there running it. But uh, the Hearst folks, uh, are, you know, are in charge now. And, and, you know, it's kind of the American dream of building a business and, and selling it off to somebody. From your perspective, how is ShiftGate unique and different? What's the approach that you guys are taking at Shiftgate from your perspective uh, versus what we're seeing other things pop up too. these, these kind of things that saw bring a trailer success and thought, okay, I think I can do this, but maybe I want to do a little bit different. So what's your perspective on Shiftgate as being different and unique? Yeah. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, Randy has been, you know, we all have to hang our hats off to him. I mean, he, he built this category himself. Uh, it, I think it's opened up, the eyes of enthusiasts to different things and, and given access to um, uh, access to all to, to the United States uh, in different kinds of cars and things. So in terms of being different, it's, it's hard to say that we're being different. I think it's more about how we want to communicate our ethos, you know, you know, that we have it very inclusionary, have it very much so that uh, accessible to all. I think that there's a lot of people that are out there that are car enthusiasts, but they're, you know, a little bit timid about the hobby, you know, and that's, I think we, what we found a lot in, in some of the, the workshops that we've done with consumers is that there's a little bit of car in everybody. There's a story that revolves around a car. There is some memory of, even if you're not a car person, you, you rented like a, a little, a little Suzuki Jimny and, and we're bombing out through Costa Rica. And yeah, you remember Costa Rica, but it's the car that kind of gave you that adventure. I think that's one thing we, you know, we really look for is like, hopefully we can be out there and be in a place that is not just selling a vehicle and giving a platform to sell a vehicle, but we can give you, we're hoping to evolve and make it open to new enthusiasts to come in, invite new people to come in. And that will hopefully in time will differentiate us in a, diff in a, in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not just about the car. It's about the stories that come with it and about the people and the community that revolve around it. 
You see that a bit when, let's say, go to Cars and Coffee and uh, new people that show up that aren't really sure, should I really be here because does my car fit in? Is it as cool as all these other cars? Uh, Is that what you mean by maybe being more inclusive to people or bringing more people in? And even young people, is my car fitting here? I don't have the money to drive up in my Ferrari or, you know, some kind of exotic Lamborghini, but my car means a lot to me. Absolutely. I mean, the the whole car gamut is so different. I mean, you look at Neil. Neil is kind of like that. He's going to want that new Ferrari F12. To me, those are kind of meaningless. I'm an old car person, you know, and (laughs) you you talk to someone like Shell, my business partner, and he loves all the old stuff. And he can talk about race cars all day and and go on. And then and then there's someone that would love like, is it, I, I met a guy just uh, a couple of weeks ago that loves Ladas and he's got a collection of Ladas. And I'm like, what What are you doing? To me, it doesn't make any sense, but okay. So yeah, absolutely. You know, you go to these shows and it's us trying to broaden the definition. You know, it's not just, it's not specific. A classic is a classic from back in the day. There's new classics, there's modern classics, there's future classics, you know, and it's us being there to like, guide and and show that it's um uh there's a place for everybody uh no matter what you have um a toy tracel maybe maybe not but uh well to but, somebody uh, it probably has yeah, some kind of meaning <laughs> yeah never know exactly you touched on something that lies into my next question that is having a driving inspiration a mentor in your life you talk about shell a lot of people and young people i've noticed today they don't quite get the mentor thing like well what does that mean or aren't i just bothering somebody can you talk a little bit more about that you talk about shell and i'm hoping to have him on the show as well so we can do the trifecta of shift gate here on cars yeah all the the three characters involved Maybe you could give some inspiration to somebody listening out there that's never had a mentor in their life. How do you go about finding a mentor? You know, Jerry Seinfeld did an episode about this mentors on one of his, you know, classic shows. And a lot of people these days, and again, I mentioned young people that may not know, how how do you get a mentor? Do you you order one of those? (laughs) Are they mail order mentors? So I'll tell you how I found mine, which is it's pretty pretty awesome, by the way. I went to a mini meet. I used to drive minis. Mm-hmm. I had a 2002, a 2003, a 2005. I, I was and I had an old classic mini at one point. I went to a mini meet in I'd say 2003. It was a regular meet on the first day, and then the Sunday was a track event. I was flying around the track, and I had a passenger with me, and I was chasing this other mini. And we were just going at it, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Come into the pits, get out of the car, and this this guy gets out, and he's got this big smile on his face. And right away, he's like, he goes, oh, my God, that was amazing. And he has his arms out, and I give him a hug. And that guy was Shell. And that's how I met Shell. (laughs) What a nice story. Yeah. You know, I was from Montreal, and he's from Toronto. And he just said, hey, you know, if you ever want to come and lap, my buddies, we, we rent out the track here. You're more than welcome to come. So I started showing up and then I got to know him a little bit I, and I visited him in Toronto. I didn't realize I was getting a mentor at that point. It just kind of evolved into that aspect of it. I think one thing is, is that a mentor in how I see it is someone that has, you know, has kind of been through the process of what you're about to face, you know, in life. I think it was more shell identifying how I am. You know, he saw himself in me as a, you know, a younger version. And that kind of built this kind of bond. Like you could tell a little bit right away. And it was more, a lot of, a lot of his, of him reaching out, of him talking. It's not that he's been a consistently, like we talk, we talk, we talk, 
but just the little things of his comfortableness with 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 me allowed me to open up more. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit more of a closed individual in general. I'm very outgoing, but in terms of feelings and communicating, sometimes I I, I keep things inside. And you know, it just he had this sense that, that you know he could identify. So it's how you get a mentor. I don't know. I'm, I can't answer the question. I think you have to try, you know, yes. try different people, see who you can identify with people that you connect with, you know, someone a little bit older that you can connect with. And, uh, and, and it'll just, it can naturally evolve. And maybe it's the right person. Maybe it's not. Someone might want to engage, someone might not. But, you know, I would say now that we've, we've been working together the last couple of years, it's been almost two years now. I think that's it's really evolved into um, you know I opened me up more, allowed me to communicate better, you know, and just strengthen our bonds. And and he can tell me when I'm doing something wrong, and I listen. You know, it's all about listening. And and you know, you, a mentor is only good if you're willing to listen. If you're going to just yeah, okay, he's whatever, I'll figure it out. I, I know what I'm doing. Then then that's not a mentor. So I think that's the strength of what we built. And Neil himself is actually. My secondary mentor, he has become, you know, just in this process of us working together and, you know, the kind of discussions we have, you know, we can be, we can be really upset with each other, you know, but it's, it's not to put anybody down. It's to make us better. And that's how our ethos of how we've been working, the three of us have been working together is really created like a strong, stronger bond. And we haven't seen each other since 2019, you know, like last time I saw Shell was in 2020, January. Yeah. So it's, uh, I, I would say not the hunt for it i think it's going to come to you you're going to have something like-minded with shell and i it was the car thing right and then we realized that we had a lot of uh, uh life business things and i was on a i was on a very similar path and career-wise and how i was going and how he started so yeah so that's where i how i would say nicely said i love it we're going to take a short break we come back i want to talk about a big challenge you face and how you learned from that so again keep your seatbelts on that five-point harness around the track with a mitt We'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. 
So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. All right, so let's talk about a big challenge, big failure, big wall hit, whatever it might be. Uh, the the specific situation isn't as important as the lesson learned. So take us on a little bit of a rough ride around the track, if you would. So I would say, um, you know, as you can tell, like I said, I've, I've done a lot of different things. You know, I've always been a person that is uh, not afraid to try. Um, I dive in. If I like an idea, I go for it. Um, so, but one thing, one thing as this is this left and we talked about left and right brain. I think that when you're a creative, there's a lot of vulnerability. Is someone going to like what you're doing? So there's this, there's this kind of uneasiness that sits on you, like before you show something, before you talk to somebody, how do you communicate it? And I think that's the, for me, that's, I think that's been a constant challenge in my life. It's like, I feel really good about what I'm doing, but I'm not sure. Mm. And it's a back and forth, a push and pull, uh, like a, a constant uh, push and pull of, uh, of how, of gaining that confident confidence that I find in, in my life and everything I've done is how to maintain the confidence. And I think this is the, this is the whole creative. I think a lot of creatives have, have a lot of issues with this. There is a, uh, a great speaker, uh, Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know of her. Mm-hmm. I, I watched a, a couple of years ago and I think it, I only figured this out that, you know, that I have this vulnerability and it's a creative thing and all that. And this is a challenge in my life. When I watched her Netflix special and, uh, and she talked about vulnerability and she, and her main thing was like, you need to dare greatly. You have to, you have to take that step. Yeah. There might be some naysayers that might not like something, but think about all the people that are going to like something. Right. Don't worry about just all the negative, try it and push it through and, and the positivity will come through. So for me, that's always been a challenge. It takes time. You know, you, it's always there. I get it just getting into, into the race car. Whenever I go to a track day, I mean, I've been doing it for 20 years, I'm fast, but there's always this hint of like, am I fast enough? Am I good enough? You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm hesitant for that first lap even. And then you focus in, you lock in and you just do the task and get through it, you know? So right. that's one challenge. I'd say another challenge that I face too is in, in shift gate business is that again, left, right brain. So I think strategic, I see technical, I see creative you know, you look at Shell, Shell is similar to I am, not to the same extent in terms of the technical side of things, but he's got the creative creative brain, the strategy brain. Neil is technically, he's a child. He is so good at all the ops person and organizations, and he, he understands strategies and marketing. But from the tech side of things, it's not for him. And I think it's, the challenge has been me is that I have to start thinking and working with people and also thinking about consumers of how different people operate and they can't, they're not going to operate and think the same way as I am mm-hmm. and how to communicate that and how to properly make sure that they, they are comfortable with what they're doing so they can execute and, and be confident in things that they can do and where they're at and what they can say. Sure. So I, I get very consumed in just going forward, going forward, going forward, thinking that everybody understands and I, it's all about slowing down. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. those are a couple of things. I love it. Good story. Fast out. 
Yeah, <laughs> yes, much like the racetrack and looking way down the, the roadway. Look way down the road. What exactly. is not right in front of you? I'd love for you to share a special vehicle story. You mentioned this uh, BMW, the E36. I had two E36 M3s, and that's what that's the vehicle oh. that got me on the track, took me to racing school at Skip Barber, uh, got me vintage racing, um, but that's the car that started it all, throwing slicks on that thing and taking it to the track and going, okay, I think I like this thing. This is pretty fun, the speed, but it's a great car for that. I uh, still have a M3, have an E46 M3 I bought new back in 05. I had that car for a long time. I love it. What's your special vehicle story? Oh, well, uh, I think it's the one that started all. My last day of school in December 2000, mm-hmm. I sold my Honda Civic Si. I was a Honda kid. And uh, I got on a Greyhound bus from Bloomington, Indiana. And uh, I had two stops. The first one was, I think, in uh, I think it was Dayton, Ohio, where mm-hmm. I looked at a Henner Red E30 M3. And then the second one was in Marietta, Ohio, where I saw a Cinnabar Red, I think a Cinnabar Red E30 M3 as well. I was buying an E30 M3. This is the car that as a kid, I saw it, the box flares, I saw it on the road and, and I, I freaked out about it. You know, it, it was in, <laughs> when I was in, in Indianapolis. And I was like, someday I got to have this. The first time I saw it, I was 11 years old. And I, and I got on the bus and I said, you know what? I'm coming home with one of those. And, uh, and, I, and I did. I saw the first one. I wasn't so sure on it. The second one was perfect. It was red on tan. It was on summer tires in the middle of the summer. And I drove it home through a snowstorm. Um, <laughs> nice. And uh, I, I'll never forget. I mean, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about wrenching. All I knew was about cleaning cars, basically. I did my first driving school with the BMW Club in the spring. And that just started it all. I mean, since then, it's been... Now, if I go through the cars that I have, it's a little bit ridiculous because I just keep on adding instead of subtracting. (laughs) But yeah, that's the one that started it all. It's that cherry red M3. They're great cars. <laughs> They're great cars. My good buddy Douglas here in Gig Harbor has one he's had for a long, long time. And uh, it's uh, his is Hennerot. So uh, kind of the orangey okay. red. Okay, yeah, the Hennerot, exactly. Orangey red color. Yeah. yeah, with a tan interior. So yeah. beautiful cars. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here, Amit. Uh, be your psychologist today, okay? okay? Uh, if you were manifest as a vehicle... Uh, not what you want to be. This is your personality, your very evolving, changing personality, your left brain, right brain personality manifest into a vehicle. What would Amit be, but more importantly, why? Oh, man. Honestly, I think it's the C30 M3. It's just because it just, it fits me in terms of just how I feel in terms of life. It's like this quirky thing that has little, all sorts of talents. You know, especially on the racetrack, it comes up on people when they're not expected and just passes passes things when they're not supposed to. It's something that's like friendly on the outside, but then when you're driving, when it's at 7,500 RPMs, it's buzzing like a chainsaw. Um, and that's probably how I kind of feel inside with all like all the mental stuff that goes into this the tech side of things of 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 which shift gate with what I do. Um, you know, it's like a ball up pent up piece of energy and i associate that with that sometimes it's hard to communicate even to my business partners it's like the platform what i built what we've built is um this there's so much intricate details that go into it and there's a lot of stress about it is this thing going to work is that two minute timer going to work and reset uh right. is the search feature going to work and and uh, oh my god are are, are the bids going to come through in the last minute you know so i there's I have this, I internalize a lot of it, you know, in terms of my the energy yeah. and kind of keep it, keep it under wraps. And it's kind of like the same kind of thing as an M3. I mean, an, an, the M3 at full send, 
uh, going around a track, it's rattling like a, like a, oh, like a, like a ball of fire. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I would say that it probably fits me the best and that's why I still have one. <laughs> love it. I love it. Now, how about a book? Is there a great book you've read that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yeah, yeah, actually, sure. I think it's, it's something I read long in the past, but it's refreshed just recently. It's, mm. uh, the Art of Racing in the Rain, mm. typical car. I don't know if you've read it. Oh, yeah. It's so why it speaks to me now is uh, number one, I, I, I got a golden uh, retriever puppy uh, just three months ago, and I revisited the movie with my son, who's six years old. You know, nice. watching it, it's so amazing in that, you know, it kind of, you see that how quickly life can go and how many, how, how things can just change so fast and adjust and you hit bumps and back and forth. But then you kind of reflect and you look back of where you were and where you are now. And it's just very eye-opening of just the emotions that you can go through it. And why I'm saying it too is that my, my little pooch, his name is Kobe, and he is, I, I think he's incarnated as Enzo. It's, he, <laughs> he wants to get in the car all the time. He's super chilled out. Yeah, so I think that, that whole dynamic of kind of your life is so many ups and downs and you just got to take it as it goes. And I think I've done the kind of the same thing so far. And I don't know where we're going to go or where I'm going to be and what the next phase is, is is Shiftgate the the last thing I'm going to do or, 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 so yeah, I, I, I love, I love it. I love the, I love the, the, the motor aspect of it and how they talk about it. And I, and personally, I love my favorite is to drive in the rain. I, when the rain comes out, I I'm like, let's, let's get out there. So it, it's that being on the edge that I love. Yeah. Garstein, author of that book, was a guest on the show. He lives up just north of me up oh. in Seattle. And uh, no he drives, drives a very cool eggplant-colored Alfa Romeo GTV, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's probably the second most recommended book here on cars. Yeah, the first is A.J. Bames' Go Like Hell, which, of course, kind of ended up as a movie uh-huh. with Ferrari versus uh, – Ford, but uh, yeah, yeah, the art of racing in the rain yeah. is is great, and the the book is way better than the movie, in my opinion. The movie's fine. Oh, hundred percent. The, the book 100%. is yeah, book's way to go. I'm going to take yeah. you on what yeah. I call the ultimate drive. You get to pick any car in the world, anybody to be with, right. living or deceased, and you get to go anywhere you want to go. So, what does that ultimate drive look like for you? Uh, fortunately, I did my ultimate drive a few years ago. All right. I don't think I don't know if I could top it again. So I can tell you the story about it. In 2000, 2010, they announced that BMW was going to make the uh, the M version of the one series, one uh, M coupe. Yep. And I said to I said, Oh, my God, that's the car to get if you're going to get a car. That's the one they're never going to make anything like this again. So I, I called my dad. And I said, dad, my dad used to have an E36 M3, a yellow, a yellow one, a 95. Uh-huh. And he sold it. He sold it in 2008. And he said, hey, you know, come pick it up. It's yours. And I just didn't have any room at the time. So I never picked it up. But he always regretted selling the car. So I said, dad, you know what? Why don't you go down to your dealer, see if you can get allocation, and we'll buy it together. And then you'll have the 1M and I have the E30 M3. And we'll, we'll go do meets together and and." you know, do drives together, do tracks up together. And he was like, okay, let's go. I'm going to do it. So he went down on the Saturday when the orders open, try to get an allocation. They were already gone. They were, they were, there were only 740 cars, I think, available for the U.S. So he called me back. He's like, the deal only had two allocations, so I, ca- I can't, uh, I didn't get it. So I'm like, okay, let me go check here in Montreal. So I went to the dealer here in Montreal, uh, I, and I got the last spot. Cool. So I called my dad back. My dad's like, did you get it? 
I go, no, I didn't get it. And this started the plan. Ah. So, so <laughs> this is in early May of 2011. Fast forward to September of uh, 2011. The car is ready to go. It was ready in August. It's my dad's 65th birthday uh, in September. My parents and family were coming up for a wedding. They're all, they're all in Indianapolis. They're coming up for a wedding on the long weekend, Labor Day weekend. And uh, I told my mom, I go, mom, I don't know what you guys are doing for dad's 65th, but I want to do something, but I'm going to take him on a trip for a week. I'm not going to tell you what we're doing, but you just need to make sure that yes, he has an extra, has extra week off from the trip here to Montreal. So she's like, okay, what are you doing? I go, I'm not telling you because you're going to ruin it. <laughs> so they come up here, go have the wedding on the, you know, the, they were here for the whole week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, Monday. And then my dad's on Monday. He's like, okay, what are we doing? I said, uh, well, my sister and mom, they're heading back home with the kids and you and I are going on a trip. And he's like, what are we doing? He's like, well, we're going to Europe. You know, it's your, I know it's your 60th birthday. And we talked about it. We had talked about before about how if we bought the car, we would do Euro delivery and, and tour everywhere. I said, well, I couldn't get the car, but I booked the trip anyway. So he was just ecstatic that we we're going to Europe. So we fly to Munich. We're at the hotel. And then we go to we go to the BMW museum the next day and we go to we go to the delivery center, which is right across from the museum. And we're walking in there and there's a there's an orange one M sitting in the front. And he says, I go, Dad, this is a car we could have got. He said, uh, oh, that would have been amazing. And right next to that car was the elevator for the delivery center. I pushed the button. He's like, what are we doing? I said, Dad, we're getting a car today. Mm. And he's, his <laughs> face just dropped. Nice. We went off, did the whole delivery. Yeah. And then we spent the next week just driving Austria, Switzerland, Italy. We did the Nürburgring, um, laps of the ring. And it was just the most amazing experience, not from just the, the car aspect, of course, was amazing, delivering and driving around. But it was honestly the time that I spent with my dad. You know, as I left Indianapolis when I was 21 mm -hmm. or 22, and, uh, you know, my dad didn't really know me. You know, he knew me as a kid. I went to the university and, and then I came back home and I wasn't really happy to be home. I just wanted to get out, you know, be on my own. And now I kind of settled, settled along in life, but he didn't really know me as a, as a man, basically. So it was so great. Just, and every time I'd go home, you know, it's like my sister's there. My mom is there. We're going doing this and doing that. Yeah. We'd go to a pub for like a couple of hours, but no time spent. Right. So it was just so good of just, I'm getting goose goosebumps, you know, yeah. just driving, in the car, stopped for a lunch, talking. He started telling me all these stories about when he was a kid, talks about when his younger day, all the stories that you want to hear when he was young. Finally, I got to hear, you know, when he moved to England, what it was like and who he met. And, um, you know, I think that, that I will never get that back, you know, like that whole experience and the happiness. And we, when we left at the airport, we were just crying. You know, it was just such an amazing, amazing moment. And so that car, I still have a car. It's special to, you know, just that, that whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a wonderful journey. That was uh, very wise of you to take the effort and time to do that for your father. No doubt he uh, just, that's, you know, time of his life too. So thanks for taking us on a, a wonderful journey. You've taken us on a great journey today. And before I let you go, I'd love for you to share a parting piece of wisdom, a success quote, a mantra, some kind of saying that has meaning for you. Yeah, sure. I think the, I think it's a, it's a new thing that I've learned. I'm a very reactive person where I just solve problems and fix things right away. Um, and thing I, what I've learned from my business partners and with ShiftGate is uh, it's all about um, slowing down, assessing a situation, drawing up a plan, and then executing. If you take your time a little bit and really think about it, 
you're less likely, likely to make mistakes. So that's the biggest thing that I have learned because I am quite, I do things, I do things well, but sometimes I just, it's a whole, got a ready aim and fire, you know? Uh, so that's where I would go with that. I love it. It's very, very wise, very wise. I'd encourage all of you to check out shiftgate.com. Uh, pour yourself a tall drink though. You're going to be there for a while. Uh, it's great fun. It's a great place to go. Check it out, shiftgate.com. And I want to do a shout out. Thank you to Ryan McKenzie uh, at ANC and PR, uh, ANC PR in Toronto for uh, bringing Amit and for bringing Neil Treadway, who is a past guest. So, you listeners out there that missed my talk with him, go back. You can find it on the Carjia website or your any mobile device podcast app where Carjia can be found. Amit, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and sharing some wonderful stories. You, you and I could talk cars forever. Until I talk with you again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much. You're welcome. This was fun. How did you discover your path to a fulfilling life? Too many young people flounder in finding an education and a career that fits. But for those who have a passion for cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and who love working with their hands, problem solving, and fixing things, a career as a professional auto technician is incredibly rewarding. Cars yeah is pleased to team up with TechForce Foundation, our charity of choice in bringing scholarships, technical education, and hands-on experience to young people so they can discover a possible future. Join me and lend your support by visiting techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.